Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh brothers and sisters welcome to today's episode of Mind of a Minority this was episode 2 of the discussion series which we just started up um this episode we had our first ever guest Imran from Preston yeah it was a really interesting episode today um i liked it a lot we spoke about you know some interesting topics we had uh, mental health mm. uh we had the difficulties that we face in life the struggles especially moving to university mm-hmm. moving out which a lot of us have faced and how we've dealt with this how we've gone about this um you know it was a really interesting topic it was a long one as well i think yeah. one of the longer ones that we'll have mm. roughly around sure. an hour or so um but i feel like I, I really enjoyed this episode oh for sure um i feel like imran perfect guest very knowledgeable on these topics and yeah it was the fact that it was mainly <laughs> it was the fact that it was mainly anecdotes i found that to be quite useful it wasn't just him telling us about stuff which made it even better yeah. um as well as the fact that he's one of our close friends and i remember last night we were thinking about this with h as well trying to find a suitable guest there was no one more suitable i would say than, than imran, imran on this episode yeah um, but yeah, with that being said, thank you very much, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, guys. Welcome to the podcast Mind of a Minority. Today we have our first special guest, Assalamu alaikum. You alright? I'm good, I'm good, alhamdulillah. And we also have our beautiful co host. What it do, what it do. <laughs> So, Imran, tell us a bit about yourself. Right, so, second year law student, you mm, know how it is. Of course. My boy, yep. Um, yeah, no, we're just here today to support the boys, oh, you know, Faye cool. and Abeth. Uh, we were thinking of a guest, we thought, what would be best to have as our first guest? And we were just going down, like, I had a few friends that I had in mind that I wanted on, but I thought there would be no better than the most supportive uh, that we have so far. That's what I love Imran. to hear. So, yeah. Inshallah, we're really looking forward to this episode. This should be a really good one. We have a few mm. things that we want to discuss. Um, but before we get into those, I just want to say, like, how's your day been? How's it been? It's been good, you know, been good. Um, went to gym before this, and then I was like, oh, we've got the podcast today. So I made a few notes. So Inshallah, it'll be a good conversation, I think. I think um, mental health, as if you guys listening didn't know, today is going to be about mental health. Inshallah. And I think it is a topic deeply rooted with everyone everyone can relate to it so inshallah i think it'll be a good conversation to have 100 percent. um just starting off with that gym thing me and Faye here we have not been able to go to gym for the past year or two. you know what it is it's starting it off like yeah once you start it off then it gets easy like you constantly it's about staying consistent yeah but i find it hard the thing well. is to actually start going to the gym the first step is the hardest you hear me definitely but mm. i think i read somewhere it takes like 40 days to create a habit mm. yeah. but for God's sake, the first 40 days are so hard. Yeah. So hard. For me, it's that money loss, bro. I'm not really <laughs> 100%. By the way, quick disclaimer, guys. So, Imran is from up north. So, Preston, Manchester. Yeah. And if you do not understand the language he is speaking, <laughs> we shall try to put subtitles in there for you. Like, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Might go subtitles. SubhanAllah, it's funny thing you say, 40 days. Because um, Ramadan is 30 days roughly, isn't it? Yeah. The, the beauty of Ramadan is you continue your habits. You can create a new habit for a whole month. Definitely. And you just try to continue with it. Yeah, it's That's like... That's beautiful. It's like, do you know Jamaat? Um, they, they take you three days, then a week, so 10 days. And then they also do 40 days. And they say the first three days is for your... To preserve your mind. Yeah. But then the 10 days is longer than that. It's to preserve... You know, you think about it a lot more. But the 40 days is uh, a habit for your life. So it's like, if you don't go 40 days of Jamaat, you go around different mosques throughout the UK. Every mosque you're at, you tend to learn different things. And it's like, this impact of going Jamaat should be, you know, 40 days should set you for life. Yeah. You should not, like, go off the path, basically. 100%, because yeah. like, you've created a habit, you come into it, create an environment, a friend group that kind of set you up for it. So for you to continue with it, it's just pretty much you do you. And focus on your companionship. If your companionship leads astray, at the end of the day, you can't help everybody. So Definitely. more times, if you if you see your friends going astray and you feel like you can't help them, more times that's when you need to look at a new companion group, a new, mm. new companionship. Definitely, but I think even on that topic, we I think we need to help a lot of people because a lot of people do suffer in silence. So I think if people are going off track, you know, you have to be there for them. You have to tell them, you know, what you're doing is wrong, and you know. Hundred percent. See. Um, uh, our second 
uh, well, third host, H, uh, Hashmat, uh, he's one of those brothers, mashallah, that I've seen, like, regardless of uh, where he's at in his Iman levels, he isn't wavered by his companionships too much. In the sense that he'll still be there regardless of, uh, he'll be there for uh, all of his friends. Regardless of the needs and stuff. And that's what I respect a lot. And that'll be a beautiful way uh, for us all to be. But I remember I had an issue with this, especially in first year, where I feel like I had to be there for everybody. Definitely. And I kind of forgot myself. Yeah. You know? I, I think that's a dangerous I think that is a very dangerous thing because um, you you always have to look out for yourself first. And a lot of people feel that they're like out there helping everyone that you forget to help yourself. It's like, if you can't help yourself, how are you going to be able to help others? You might think, oh, I can do so much for everyone else. But at the end of the day, if you're going back to your room, you know, depressed, um, you know, it doesn't work. Yeah, I think that would be a beautiful way to then go into the uh, topic of the day. Definitely. Mental I think, health. yeah, today we're going to be talking about mental health. I think mental health is one of them things, uh, you know, every, a lot of people do suffer within their lifetime. You know, I was looking at a few statistics before we came here and it says like one in four people experience mental health every year. And I think in this room, the three of us right now, but if Hashmat was here, that means one of us will experience mental health every year. And that's a crazy statistic, one in four. And I think mental health in general, it, 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 you know, you have depression, you have schizophrenia, you have bipolar, you have so many different things. Um, but I think the one thing we're going to focus on today is depression, because depression is the leading factor and it is the leading source of mental health in the UK. Yeah, it's just a uh, downward spiral, if you will. The moment you're into it, yeah, it just there's a downward spiral where everything just gets worse and worse and worse, and you feel hopeless. You don't feel like there's much of a way out. But yeah, I've I've had experience with it. Uh, I think we've all had experience think, with it yeah, in this sure. room. Definitely. Um, and that's just literally the three of us between the three of us. Between yeah. the three of us, exactly. Hundred percent of people in this room have literally dealt with depression. I think that's crazy because, you know, I think for p young people like ourselves, nineteen twenty, a lot my my boy just turned twenty. Yeah, um, but yeah. Um, it says 676 million people are affected by mental health issues worldwide. That is crazy. That is crazy. And um, I read another statistic somewhere that in the UK, we spend over a billion on mental health issues. And I think regardless of what community you come from, we need to, we need to talk more about these issues to better deal with them, I think. Yeah. I think one of the biggest problems is that we don't have enough uh, Muslim therapists, Definitely. psychologists, because I feel like the main reason why a lot of sisters and brothers will not uh, go to a uh, therapist or psychologist is the fact that, oh, they're not going to understand me. By the time I tell them about how my religion works and you know why life Definitely. isn't just life and all of this, uh, I've probably wasted like two or three, four lessons, and even then they probably won't give me the perspective that I need. Definitely. They're going to try fix my religion. I think me, even leading on that, it de depending on you know what ethnic background you're from, I come from a very Asian household. Um, yeah. Even the community I grew up in, you know, we didn't really see a lot of white people around us. Um, but I think what's important is the community I grew up in. It was very different to my own household. You know, in my household, I was allowed to express emotion. You know, it wasn't something I was cut off from. So I was. You know, I had that in my life, alhamdulillah. But as I grew up, I saw around myself, you know, a lot of guys were, they couldn't vent. They were just building up all this mm -hmm. resentment, this hate, this this depression they had in, inside themselves simply because they didn't know how to lay it out. And I think a lot of communities in general or a lot of people, you know, parents, they fail to understand that mental health issues, depression can come from the smallest of things, you know? Um, Say, say, you know, you feel like you can't compare to others in school. And it says like one in 10 people, like, you know, the 10 people in a classroom of 30 people um, in an average classroom, 10 children will have witnessed like their parents um, separating. Eight of them will have um, witnessed their parents physical violence, sexual abuse, neglect. So I think a lot of the household problems they carry with them into into their school, into their lives, and they don't know how to express that. And I think that. In, especially in Asian communities, there's no talk. It's all you have to be like this. You have to do that. To but there's no and, do that for... and there's no resources. I think I think there is a lack of resources to help to help these children out there. I agree 100. percent I honestly feel like a big problem is the fact that 
one, like you said, there's a, there's a big social stigma, especially in our communities, there really is, like, you don't, you're not allowed to express it. Mm. For example, I, I was just chatting to one of my boys today, like, talking about what we we're going to discuss today on the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, he was saying, like, uh, I was meant to help him, like, nah, I don't go through that. I'm an Afghan. Mm. The brother knows, like, bless him, I love the guy. But I was like, you know, say Alhamdulillah, because it's not, not our own attributes like the fact that we have it and we don't if we don't have it we should be blessed we should be we should be thanking Allah and if we do it's not just about praying more or reading the Quran more it's much more than that it's generally a as real as cancer definitely um because it does negatively affect you I think even if we are taking religion into the perspective um the greatest prophets they were tested and you know uh, even in the Quran, it says, um, You know, there's so many verses to tell you or which test you. And I think what it is, is you have to understand the greatest prophets, they were tested with so many hardships. Even, you know, um, Prophet Muhammad, you know, he used to walk the streets and they would throw rocks at him. So I think, you know, everyone does deal with hardships. Our own prophet, you know, his uncle, um, his wife, you know, they passed away in the same year. And a man of that strength, of that caliber, subhanAllah, for him to know, you know, you know, where do you turn to? You turn to Allah. That's the only way. Of course. 100%. Um, yeah, like, like you said, like hardships can come in very different forms. And one of those being is things that affect you mentally. It could be something that's happened in your community where everybody looks at you different and looks at you weird and gives you a certain look and a certain vibe where you feel isolated you feel left out and that is the factor that can contribute to your depression to your downward spiral hardships come in many different forms but they can all affect your mental health definitely um i think it's the only time for me that it became a reality and it became something real for me that i could speak about with others and my friends was when my dad told me about this Definitely. I think that that is important for those, you know, we, we often look up to our parents and, you know, they are a factor into how we become as adults, you know. Um, like, I have very supportive parents, alhamdulillah, but it's like you said, your father, you know, once he tells you, you feel like you can tell others because this person you look up to so much, he's allowing you to express yourself as well. If he's expressing himself, you can express yourself. Yeah, because I thought a man would be somebody that's closed off. Uh, a man doesn't show his feelings. A man exactly. Cry, and I think exactly, which is very important. Which is a very, s it's a stigma in our society stigma. that a man cannot show emotion. A man should be a certain way. You know, it's, this toxic masculinity. Um, you know, you hear about it all the time on the internet, on Twitter. Um, or men can't cry. Men don't cry. And I think this stigma should be, we should, you know, look more into that because men should be allowed to cry. Men should be allowed to exert their emotions because. There's no other outlet for them, you know. You know, a lot of, um, you know, um, if 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 a man goes to punch a wall as a way of letting out his anger, you know, that is a way of exiting his anger because he can't talk to anyone, he can't cry, he can't do that. So he's trying to turn to physical violence. I'm not condoning that at all, but it is an outlet. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Um, literally, just that exact point that you made. It's the fact that that changed my perspective and it became. The definition of a man was a man can't express his emotions, no matter what I saw online, no matter what I read from these, um, you know, all these different characters and egos online, what a man should be, a man is this, a man is that, and Ukti says this is a man, this is that. For me, no matter what they heard, what they said, it became irrelevant to me because I have my own father to use, and a man is somebody that expresses his emotions, and a man is somebody that can cry when there is something that's happened. Definitely. And a man does cry, a man does exert his emotions. Like he said, how he goes about it is he decided to talk to me about it. We were in the car and he told me about his mental. That became normal to me. That's why if if you go, like, more times, anybody around the university, any of my friends, they know about my um, my mental state whenever Definitely. I'm happy, whenever I'm down. Because I don't like having to fake it. I don't like having to hide how I am and laugh as a, just because, just to make you happy. Like, if, if I'm down... I want to be comfortable enough around you that I can be down. Be it for that day, be it for that week. You definitely, know? definitely. Being able to 
not fake and not hide and not wear a mask, I think is a key. Like it's it's a really good way of taking that first step. I completely agree. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of them things. It's like it depends how you're brought up, what community you're brought up in, what resources you have available. Um, I think we find a lot of in like impoverished communities. You know, they don't have an outlet. They don't have someone to talk to. You know, in school, the teachers don't care. And I think yeah. you need to you need to understand that you have people to go to you know especially nowadays online you have so many services available for you to yeah. you know you can literally go online and type in i'm depressed there's phone numbers there's chats there's so much available to you 100 um i'm not sure if it is different for others uh, especially the people in this room for me personally i feel like chatting to a stranger is much better than sometimes talking to a friend i completely agree i think it's the anonymity um you yeah. know it's anonymous so yeah. um they you feel like they won't judge you you know you tell you tell you tell your friends you you may feel like they're gonna judge you they're gonna talk about you they're gonna be like oh this and that but to talk to a stranger to just let it out it it, it really the you drop the burden 100 for me i feel like um one thing i i I was always cautious of about telling a friend about it that's why i I was most of my friends know about my mentors yep because i kind of choose carefully what to say and what to tell them and who to tell definitely but not everybody gets to know because i've seen it with friends before not that i care if because if a friend looks and finds out about my mental health and distances themselves because they think i'm a piece of work now because they're going to have to quote unquote fix me mm-hmm. if that's their mentality and they drop that friendship good not, that's not better like, for you yeah, you like, have to have people in your life that can support you through the thick and through the thin. That's not saying they have to be there for you every single day, but to understand your pain and that's to be it. like, that's okay, you're allowed to feel off on some days, that, that is the most important thing. 100%. I think I've seen it with previously with friends telling uh, our friend group, for example, yo, I'm going through this and through yeah. that. And then everybody just shuts him up for a reason mm. because all of a sudden they have to fix him. Oh, why is he always sad? Now I'm sad. Now I can't laugh. Like, exactly, and sometimes it's not about fixing. Sometimes it's about being there for just, someone. Just, empathy, just simply being there for someone it helps in so many ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's better than sitting all alone at home, maybe crying, maybe you know, just shutting yourself off. It's so much better to be within the company of some people who allow you to be you. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think uh, with um, that factor, like companionship, I'd say is one of the best ways to. Finding the right companionship is the best way to go about helping yourself out of a situation. Definitely. Following up on it. And I think our group, Alhamdulillah, for the group we've made here at university, Alhamdulillah, um, you know, we have some amazing people in our group who, you know, you can just talk to, you can go to, even being in their presence. It's simply just a good way of... Yeah, for me, literally, any friend group that I walk into, necessarily, I don't have to have a smile on my face all the time. But it's more time they just make me smile and I can't even... uh, I can't stay sad or whatever that feeling may be at that time. It's just it's a blessing to have it. I was meant to leave first year. After first year, I was meant to leave and go to another university. Yeah. But I generally found like how much of a blessing it is to have good companionship. Definitely. And the fact that I found it here first time, there is no reason for me to leave and go elsewhere. Definitely. I think the friends you make, um, I once read a quote, it's like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I think Ooh, that's completely, that completely mm-hmm. true. Um, if you have bad company, you know, you'll go bad places, you'll do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, it's not helping you in any way. You're just digging yourself a deeper hole. But if you have good company, good people to 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 say, you know, that you're doing wrong, you're doing right. I think that that's the most important thing. 100%. The fact that your friends aren't yes men to everything. Exactly. Take you, like, if, if my friends are just yes men and they don't tell me, let's go pray. And they don't tell me to shop yeah. and I've said something wrong. Etc. Etc. Then, what good is this friend? They're not exactly. benefiting me in this world. They're not benefiting me in the hereafter. Exactly. Having said that, um, I have to give a shout out to my boys back home because uh, I remember we 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 went on a holiday and you know we come back. Um, it was the day we arrived back in London, yeah. um, or Manchester, and one of our friends, Denzil, he just out of nowhere he just went somewhere, and you know we're clearly agitated. We've had a long flight. You know we haven't slept, and he he went to pray namaz, and I think. The, the reminder that he gave us, you know, mm-hmm. it's like he went to pray namaz. As much as like we were annoyed and everything, it's like 
he put Islam first. And I think that's a reminder to have to have good friends around you that's to be so like, we're well. putting Islam first. Because I've had friends like that, like, as in, we're all sitting, like, in the multi-faith championship centre, in the MFC, we're sitting there. Yeah. The prayer room is, like, 20 seconds from us, and a couple of us are just sitting there, and we just know we haven't prayed, for example. Or we haven't prayed Qiyam al we haven't prayed the nightly prayer. But we see that one friend just drift away. They just go somewhere. And we're just thinking, where have they gone? But then we put two and two together kind of thing, realise that, Yo, we're in the MFC. The prayer room is right next to us. Where could they have gone? Most likely to pray. And it's that reminder. Like, just their, just their absence is a reminder of you, Allah, let alone their presence, you know? Definitely. I'd say, Faith, what would be... What, what was your experiences with that mental health? Mental health? Well, wow. Where do I start? You know what it is? I feel like everything happens for a reason, and yeah. I firmly believe that. So, recently... I've been going through some stuff and I was thinking like why me? Like, why am I going through this much pain? Um, and I realised it was for a reason. So before obviously I'm a revert I knew yeah. how to pray but I was like oh because I'm a revert hmm, let me just ease into it slowly I might not have to pray today yeah. I could pray whenever blah 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 and I realized this just kept going on. I wasn't praying at all. Yeah. Like even you, for example, you will say, yo, Faye, let's pray Asr, let's pray Dua. I go, yeah, I'll do it at home, I'll do it at home. And when I go home, I don't do it. Yeah. And I realized this thing that I went through yeah. was the reason that I actually started praying again. Definitely. Like, I was like... I think especially for you, someone like you, a yeah. convert, it's, it's, it, it is hard at the beginning, but it's, it's the people around you who have mm. to, as you said, um, Nabad trying to push you. Um, there's even a verse in the Quran, um, it says, indeed with hardship comes ease. So obviously you're finding it hard. You're finding it hard at the beginning. Everyone finds it hard. Even we as Muslims, uh, personally, as someone who was born into Islam, I think the, the most blessed ones are the ones who come to Islam. Um, there's a quote from Hazrat Ali. He says, um, discover your religion, don't inherit it. And I think that is something very important because a lot of us are born into Islam and we don't really learn about it. We just it's something we've done. We don't know why. It's just religion that came to us. And I think the most important thing is for converts, reverts, someone like yourself, I feel like you guys are so blessed. You came to learn the beauty of Islam yourself. And I think that's something a lot of us nowadays don't have. We don't understand the beauty of religion. I feel like one thing that I've heard from a lot of people that are reverts, that come into Islam, and the reason they don't, further their deen is because of the people they surround themselves with definitely and i feel like i am so blessed with the friends i made in uni from isop back home definitely they're the reasons why everything is so much easier for me because if it wasn't for them i feel like me taking my shahada would just be like just me taking my shahada definitely. like there'll be no progression there's no progression yeah. there's no impact so people who you actually surround yourself with yeah they play a big role in your life um, I just want to add like a um, couple things. I'm trying to find this verse, but I can't find it. But inshallah, when I do, I'll discuss yeah. that. But um, uh, wait. ah, subhanallah, <laughs> here it is. So it goes, peace be upon you for what you patiently endured, and excellent is the final home. Subhanallah, like we, I, I told you this countless of times, and I told, I told everybody that whenever like we have a discussion about anything that's hardship and to do with what you go through. We really have to change our perspective of what hardship is. We have to change our outlook on it. Because hardship isn't, oh, why me, as you said. It's much more than that. It's whenever we go through hardship, what has been, who's the first person you go to? More times, it's not even the ne your best friend. It's not even your mother. It's not even your dad. It's Allah. The first person you go to, stuff Allah must have done something bad, isn't it? And you don't even clock, well, you don't even have to do something bad. But more times it is. More times we've drifted. And Definitely. our way back is Allah testing you with something. Yeah. If Allah loves you, He would let you go astray. Definitely. You know? But it's the fact that when Allah tests you, the first person you think of is Him. First of all, that's a beautiful thing. The first person you think of when in hardship is Allah. Obviously, we say as well, when you're in, when you're in goodness, when you have goodness and life is good, first person you also thank and think of is Allah because you've been rewarded with that. But it's the fact that when you're in hardship, Allah has taken you back to Him. Allah has... Because I told you this, if life continued being the dandy way it was, the good way that it was, you would have not made that change. We, none of us would make a yeah. change. But I think even leading on from that, if Allah is not the first person you think about, that's okay. Um, I remember 
it, it was so coincidental actually. I remember first year near the end, you know, exam season. It was it was hard, yeah. and you know we're all going through some stuff. And I remember I read a quote. It was from uh, someone I follow on Twitter. She's not really active anymore, but she's a convert as well. And she tweeted, "If if this life and the hardships of it take you away from your prayer mat, one day there'll come a time where you where you go back to that prayer mat with your eyes on the floor, with your head on the floor, crying to Allah." Because that is the best position to go into that sajda and, and, cry. and cry to your Lord. That is the best position. That's beautiful. I find it such a blessing and such a beauty to let it out mm. when you're when you're in sajda, when you're when your head's on the prayer mat. That's just beautiful when you can do that. Because Allah, like Allah, Allah, loves a man that repents more than a man that does not commit a sin. Because when you ask, because when a man was asked. Do you want me to let you into heaven because of your good deeds, or do you want me to let you into heaven because of your, because of my mercy? Definitely. Because my deeds. He thought he was a good man. This was he a man who deeds. who worshipped Allah yeah. for hundreds of years. This man, there was literally he worshipped Allah wherever wherever he went because he 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 believed in Allah. Yeah, and uh, he goes, do I, you know, give my deeds? I've I've been good. But imagine saying that to Allah, denying Allah's mercy to go in heaven, and He says, "Nah, let me go in into heaven by my by my deeds." But that deeds, just shows you like His mercy, because when we say we only have one percent of Allah's mercy, despite everything we have, like, look at the equipment that we have access to. When literally we were recording the brother circle on our iPhones, yeah, but look at the equipment that we have access to now. Like Subhanallah, this just ma- happened in a matter of a week. But even leading on from that story, the, the story's not ended. And yeah. I think this is a very important um, lesson to take into account. When that man said to Allah, let me go into heaven by my, by my deeds, Allah said to him, okay, but let, let, me, let, me, let me first... So on the Day of Judgment, Muslims believe that there will be a scale and your good deeds and your bad deeds will go on either side. So Allah takes this person's good deeds, every single good deed he worshipped your Lord for hundreds of years and he puts them on the one side of the scale. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, give me your eyes. So he takes one eye, one eye, you know, we're all blessed. So many of us are blessed to have eyes to see a nose, to smell, ears to hear, right? One eye. And he puts one eye on the scale. That one eye will outweigh every single good deed he ever did in his life. That shows the blessings of Allah, the ni'mah of Allah. That one eye. You, we should never take anything for granted, especially our eyesight, especially anything. If one eye is worth more than hundreds of years of worship, how? How? Because we, we, we think about it like um, in this day and age, um, what's seen as a necessity has changed incredibly to what was a necessi- necessity back in the day. Like you remember um, the caliphs of the old time, their their sleeping spot, their their house was a mud hut. Definitely. Something just laid out across the floor, and a prayer mat, and their food was dates and water. That was a necessity, and they were grateful and thankful, and they thanked Allah for all of this. And they said Alhamdulillah. Yeah. And like, I think a lot of people forget to say Alhamdulillah these days, and you should say Alhamdulillah in the good and the bad. Especially, 100%. especially the bad. Especially the bad, hundred percent. Like we said, the bad is there to reconnect you back to Allah. Definitely, definitely. So with that, yeah, let's get back to you, the mentals. The mentals. I think with the mentals, um, I did ask on Twitter today. Um, if anyone has any stories, send them through. And um, a sister, she messaged me, mm-hmm. and she's like, I want, um, I want you guys to discuss, um, you know how, you know at university, um, um, you know. How living alone and on your own, you know, how thing. struggling to set into your course, you know, making friends, all of mm-hmm. that, and how how can how give me some tips, basically. I remember I spoke to you about it was me, yeah. you, and H. We spoke about it. it was Definitely, a really good discussion. Even though it was meant to be a short one. Yeah, it, it, it turned into a, while, a very long one. Yeah, it was a beautiful one. But I know you have a lot of good points to go off this one, and I'm sure you do as well. But one thing I want to highlight is, um, for me, I would say is the. Friendship first. Definitely. You guys can handle the loneliness and friendship, but I want to give an answer to the Definitely. loneliness, uh, the friendship. I, th- For me, it was such a blessing having my sister with me the first time around. Like, uh, for the, my first year of uni was her last year of uni. So we were together, we were commuting together. And I didn't feel the need to go around and hang around with others whilst I had my sister with me. So I was like, let me just utilize this last year of my sister. She's not going to be here. I have another two, three years here. Cool. 
Um, obviously, I had friends from the football team that um, I knew. Um, I saw Hashmat's little head every time I went into the Silbride Centre. Um, <laughs> but other than that, we never really spoke. But I remember I met you, coincidentally, yeah. at the start of the year, because my friend uh, from A-Level... From A-Level. Might happen to be in my the same flat, flat that you yeah. were. Such a small world. Man. Well, it like, is bro, like so small. You were a flat man, and so was he. So, I, so kept, was he. I come uh, to see him, and he goes, Ah, oh, we've got another Muslim dude <laughs> that lives in our apartment. Maybe you guys will get along. Yeah. I was like, Come, so probably we will. And I see this guy, he just walks in with a vest. And I was like, Yo, salam alaikum, bro. How are you doing? <laughs> and it was, it was the beginning nice, of a beautiful friendship. It was a beautiful friendship, and well, it is a beautiful friendship. It is, yeah. Um, but that other than that I never really like went anywhere it was just me and you I'd just come me and you, yeah. see you every now and again but more times it'd be in your room definitely like, I'll come see you at your your flat but we wouldn't really link outside of exactly. a, a university yeah. and stuff on the campus for me I spent what was it how many ye- uh, months is it until uh, we reached Ramadan so from when we start which is October it's a good five six months good five six, months. Good five, six months good five six months I just spent with my sister and her friend group not that I got along with them but I didn't mind them and I was just doing my work yeah and it was calm for me. I didn't rush any friend groups. I didn't do anything. But I'd say I gained the best friends the moment Ramadan began. So Ramadan began here on campus. And all of a sudden, like, I saw on a couple of boys' snaps, uh, they're having a, a suhoor. And well, like, I'll never forget that Ramadan. One of the best Ramadans of my life. That was your Snapchat. It was what my, your, yeah. That's how I knew about it. Wallahi, so, amazing Ramadan. So, such a beautiful one. So from Futabala. this Ramadan, footballer group chats. Oh my yeah. god. So from this this uh, Snapchat story, I was like, oh my god, wait, you guys have Sahur and Iftar together on campus. They're like, yeah, yeah, we do this all the time. Come down one time. Yeah. One time I go down. Um, I broke my fast and I met Ali Kenawa, the most beloved brother to me, yeah. who is in Birmingham right now. Still in Birmingham. Crippled Ali. <laughs> yes, the whole of Ramadan, the entire Bible, he was doing his crippled Ali because he, he got injured <laughs> in basketball. Bless him. Uh, much love to that brother because every time just thinking of him, just talking about him, just seeing him, he brings you closer to Allah and that's, that's what we mean by companionship. I met Ali Kenawa that day. I met Faye properly because when Faye took a shahada, you took it with um, Ali Dawa, right? Yes. I was yeah. there. I was there. March the 14th. I remember. See, I was there. This guy was so closed off. Mm. I tried to speak to him that time, but he was really closed off. He I don't think anyone off. else was there, but I was there. I no, saw I, I, a lot of people. A lot there. of people. It was in that corridor. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was and next I to Ali Dawa when he did yeah. it. Ali Dawa just goes, he's Muslim now. Brother took a shahada. I was like, what? I, 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 I was there. I embraced him. I was like, well, I remember this, that. It's quite closed off. We went to the MFC, yeah. there, we ordered some food. I was trying yeah. to have a conversation with him, but he just wouldn't talk to me then. Mm. Honestly, I was trying to make a. Oh, she's like, football. What team she's sport? Like, I feel like I'm talking to a kid, bro. <laughs> he wouldn't talk to me. But um, yeah, I met Faye properly then. Like, as in that night, we fully hit it off. Like, well, that night was unusual. Listen, we. It was so crazy how we became so close in the space of. Two, three days? Two, three days. Like, literally, in the space of two, three days, we're like, yeah, we're getting a house together. <laughs> oh, how, it was so problem. nuts. That mm. was it. Like, as in, we were already planning, okay, cool, we're going to get a house together. Who else is going to join us? Yeah. Maybe H, maybe Adib. That's another brother. I love that guy. Yeah. We met I know. Adib, man. Oh, we miss you, bro. Wallah, we miss He's you. He's got an MIA from Instagram, Snapchat, MIA, everything. I love how he does that, though. I know, subhanAllah. But yeah, I met Faye, Ali, Adib, Hassan, H, properly all of the boys now, all of our boys now, I met on that iftar break on campus. And ever since that whole Ramadan, we our connection excelled like at a mad rate. So five, six months without friends to a month, like within a matter of weeks, I've got now friends for life. Like, I, d- I would say from this long story, my best advice is learn to, honestly, so cringy, but so underestimated, learn to n- learn yourself and love yourself before you look at anybody else. Definitely. Because at one point on campus, I was so paranoid, so anxious, and so, uh, I don't know, I was just always thinking, someone's looking at me, am I doing, am I walking wrong? Am I, am I, am I too short? Am I doing this? Something, yeah. always paranoid, all the time. Until I took a trip back to Kurdistan and it was just like, I had to take Bidji, that trip. Biji, Biji. Biji, I had to take that trip back. And uh, when I came back, it wasn't like my main focus was, oh, I'm gonna, cleanse myself and all yeah. of this and that was just literally I had to take this trip it was like four years I haven't been back I need mm. to go back came back but subhanAllah everything was different about when I came back 
I looked at these people with different lights. Yeah, I think the perspective you... Like, my you perspective at, yeah. changed. It was a recompensing, if you will. Um, and I was walking around campus how, how I wanted. I bopped around campus how I wanted to bop. Like, everything felt different. I spoke how I usually speak. I didn't feel the need to change anything. Yeah. I didn't feel the need to hang around with certain people. Like, everything felt really effortless and smooth for me ever since that trip. I would say when the moment you learn yourself, the moment you actually know who you are, what kind of friends work for you, you generally can make a step in the right direction towards making that friend. And I would recommend to anybody that's in university, uh, Imran, we can kind of hear your click still. Sorry. <laughs> I know he's trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh, what is it? Uh, for you to generally know yourself is key. And then make your friends. And one last thing I was going to say is your ISOC, your Islamic society. If you're at university in the UK, I think American universities might have this as well. Yeah. I'm sure they do. But if you have a society, an Islamic society, therefore join it. Because even if, you, if, you, if you've heard certain things about that society which you don't like and etc., go into it. Because yeah. I guarantee you, you'll meet the most genuine brothers and sisters, even if it's two... Even if you them. don't, even if you meet one person, that's one, networking that's one is so important. To meet one person, they'll introduce you to a bunch yeah. of other people. That's how it worked for me. Facts. That's how it worked for me. From, Adib, from you... I met the whole of everybody else. Exactly. Even even if I didn't like you, didn't rate you, I met everybody else that I did like and definitely. did rate. You know? Definitely. So, so I'd say, yeah, keeping, learn yourself, love yourself, and know yourself. Definitely. And from there, take a step towards friendship, because then you know what kind of friends you need. Kimran, can you repeat the question quickly of what the... Um, so how do we deal with, you know, finding friends in university, you know, living alone, yeah. all of that? Okay. What, what so do you want to tackle? Um, it's not something I tackle, but from personal experience. Yeah. So as Nabad has mentioned... When he first met me, I was very closed off. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's a London thing or how I was brought up, yeah. but if I didn't know you, I would not speak yeah, to I you. Want, I remember it was Ramadan library. Yeah. Um, me and Isma were doing some work. Yeah, I'm and, sorry, and yeah. I saw you. I remember. And then you were very closed off. I was yeah. very close. Like, you, I wouldn't s- speak you said to what you said and then... Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't speak to anyone I don't know or I'm not close Definitely, to. Unless yeah. we're close, I will show the other side of me. But yeah. apart from that, I wouldn't show that side of me. Hmm. And from what I've realised from that is, last year I really wanted to move unis. I wanted yeah. to go back to London to yeah, be around yeah. my boys. Yeah, but this year, I like this uni now. Yeah. I really wanted to stay. And that's because of the friends I've made. Definitely. And the reason I've made those friends is because I felt like I needed to change. Yeah, you allowed yourself to yeah. open up. I, I've seen, I'm a very shy guy, but from what I've seen and what I've witnessed, confidence Definitely. and being outgoing actually changes your life. Like, it opens a lot of doors. So I felt like, yeah, I need to be more outgoing, more confident. And subhanAllah, this year, the amount of friends I've made, Definitely. the amount of brothers, sisters that I could genuinely consider like part of my life, it's crazy. And that's the reason why this uni now feels like a home. Do you get yeah, me? And I definitely. don't want to move. That's what we like to hear. I think, you know, it, life, especially growing, moving out, going to university, it's all about change. And it's how we overcome these changes, how we you know, become a better version of ourselves. It's, it's like um, the sister asked, how, how do you deal with living alone? And I remember, you know, for, for the entirety of my life, you know, I've lived with my parents. I'm very much so a family-oriented person. Um, and I remember my brother, he, he goes Imperial and, you know, he moved out for university. It was normal. He, you know, and I was like, yo, I want to follow the same steps. So I moved out for university and I came here. Um, and I remember it was the first, the first day of the first term, um, it, the night that I arrived. And I remember um, calling my mom, I think. Uh, I think it was my mom and dad. And I was like, I don't want to be here. I want to come back. And my mom said to me, my mom's like, all right, come back. You can just go to a different university. And it was my dad. My dad said to me, you know, this is part of life. This is who you are. You can come back if you want. But if you choose to say, this is how you build your character. This is how you become an adult. This is who you, this will make you. This will teach you to be a new person exactly and my dad dropped me some amazing advice and i remember after that i called my friends and i asked them the same question i asked them what shall i do and you know they all facetimed i remember we had an instagram um video conversation and a lot of them just said to me stay and i remember maz maz told me maz said to me you know it's part of life just you know just stay you know tomorrow it'll be better and that's what I did. Tomorrow came, tomorrow got better. And every other day that came after, you know, there were good days, there were bad. But I think, I think what it is, um, you've got to take every day with the day. You've got to take every day for the day. You have to, you have to, every day, you have to get out of bed. You have to 
get out of your house. You have to get out of your flat. You have to choose to go out there and be a better person. Literally, you, if you have t piles of work or you have no work, you go outside, you go do something, you get a hobby, you do something. I remember asking my brother for help because I, I really feel like I did suffer with depression for the first year. And I remember asking my brother, what should I do? He's like, go outside, get a hobby, go do something to take your mind off everything. Yeah. I think that's really underrated, honestly. Like um, the fact that when you generally find something, so, say you're going through something, when you occupy your mind, it's not there to bother you at that moment in time. Obviously it won't work all the time, but if it works majority of the, of the time, keep doing it. And I can't lie to you, when I did say the first five, six months, that was a completely different scenario for me than it would be for anybody else because in that first five, six months of me not having friends, I had my family because I was commuting. Definitely. The major difference, so I feel like for me that helped a lot. The yeah. fact that my first year was commuting. Second year, not so much in the sense that the fact that I'm living here, I think yeah. that independence is kind of like that new hit of me trying to then learn things about myself and yeah. for myself. I feel like I could have benefited from having that in my first Definitely, day. but I feel like something you said important, commuting. A lot of people commute, I even know a few people back home, um, you know, commuting. It's like they find it hard to make friends because you're commuting. Mm. And I think it is hard if you're a commuter, but you said you had your family. Mm. And I think for someone who literally moves away, you know, to a new city, to new people around them, it is very it can seem difficult because you don't have friends and you don't have families. And so where do we go from that? And especially for people, Islamic people, right? Mm -hmm. Say us. For me, I came from a friendship. Wallahi, I have some of the best friends in the world, right? Um, 10, 15 of them, you know, going away meals, birthday meals, you know, but they're all Muslim. They're all Asians, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you settle into a new dynamic, into new people, you know? If you close yourself off, it's very hard to get friends. But if you have no friends, no family, how do we go about that? And I think, as as Nabad mentioned, you have to, you have to break out. You have to first be confident within yourself. And as Faye mentioned, you know, confidence is key. But after that, you go out and you say, you know, I saw meetings. You know, whatever ethnicity, you, if you're Indian, Pakistani, Kurdish, whatever, you find them societies. You you network. You find people. And as you, f I, I remember reading somewhere, if you find one person, say you're the shyest person in the world, you find one outgrowing person, they'll have their own friends. And we have an example, one second, sorry. we have an example, Faye, for example, exactly. he, he said that he was very closed off and he wouldn't interact with everybody else other than his voice. You know, Sikandar, yeah. I cannot believe the transformation from Definitely. Sikandar last year to this Definitely. Year. It's mad, like he was so shy last year, Definitely. he was an introvert, but subhanAllah this year, He's now a welfare officer. Definitely. He's looking after the treasurer. He's a treasurer of the... Basketball. Uh, the basketball. No, 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 basketball. Um, dodgeball. Dodgeball. Mm. That's the one. That's society. And he's also got, like, uh, the whole of ice hockey. He's keeping up with the pack. I know. Bengali. So, mashallah, this is a completely different guy that I Definitely. knew for the first year. I remember in Ramadan, I'm actually kind of... Well, I mean, I met him before, but I got so close in Ramadan. And I'm so thankful for Sikandi. He's, yeah, he's an I amazing brother. Guy. And I'm well, so happy he's, you know... Such a caring guy. Definitely. Well, I love that guy. Um... But yeah, like 100% is the fact that you keep yourself closed off. What do you expect? Definitely. Like, do you expect them to read the signs from outside? Like, um, you're in your room. Where, how am I supposed to know you? How am I supposed to get to know you? How am I supposed to find a caring brother like you guys if I never left the room in the first place? Definitely. And I think that's something I struggled with first year. I, I didn't network at all. Um, you know, I was very much so someone, you know, if I went to lectures, I went to lectures. If not, I'd stay at home, Netflix, literally hours on end. And I found it hard because, you know, for someone to go from a group, you know, very much oriented around everyone to a new group, to no one, it's very hard to put yourself out there because you're constantly comparing everyone to who you had. And I think that's very, that's something we shouldn't do. Everyone is individual in their own respect and we should learn to respect and appreciate everyone for who they are. That's, that's literally a matter of perspective. Can you generally look at, say, Faye, for example, and take all the good that you can from what you see in Faye and I look at you and you look at me and take the good that you can from me? And I think that this thing about networking, it's its seen as like something that could be quite hard, but it generally isn't. Mm. Like the moment I met Imran, I met everybody else. And it, okay, that was a coincidence for me. Of course. There were a lot of brothers that, remember, because we're now more involved in ISO this year. How many brothers have we introduced and gotten close with now? 
where they didn't know and they just literally they just wanted to come pray and we're like oh you know we're just chilling here for a bit at the mfc just come chat with us for a bit and then go do your prayer or do your prayer and come back to us and we just talk for a bit like so many brothers like it's networking is not hard because definitely. the other person definitely wants to get to know you you're at a stage in your life where people are looking friends for life they're looking that's what they're looking for and they're willing to give every single person a shot you know but i feel like one another thing that's really important is if you're in a new place new uh university for example and you don't have the friend groups you're not commuting you're by yourself new environment everything one thing you can't do is rush into Definitely. the friend groups well lucky i'll never i'll never forget um someone i used to know they said to me um they used to, because i was so lost in my first year i didn't know you know i didn't i didn't know how to make friends i, I only had like one or two here and there you know mm. and nabad but then obviously there are other people but I, I didn't feel close to them except i mean nabad was like i let him like you know, hang out at my yard sometimes, you know, sleep, sleep, <laughs> sleep on the floor. This guy is scared the crap out of me every time of this Adam story. Now, basically, Adam, he'd say Adam is his gin. And he'd try to scare the I crap used to out scare out the hell out of him. And like, Adam, uh, like, hey man, please stop. Yeah, but literally, going on that, um, a person I used to know, they told me that um, they read a story and they're like, first year of university, they, they, they didn't know anyone. And it was the last month. And she, and, she found her friends for life. Wallahi, that Ramadan, I got close to everyone in ISOC. For the whole year, I was so lonely. And then Ramadan happened and I got so close to everyone. And Wallahi, I could not believe it that that story, which I always said was bull, happened to me. Because we, we think it's like unnatural, like it's not going to happen. It seems too forced. But bro, it's so natural. It came so naturally. Like, Deeper. I have never met a friend for life within the matter of three days. Definitely. All of my friends that i know known for 12, 13, 11 years, most of them are nowhere to be seen. But that's the craziest thing, right? For me, you are the most confident person I know, right? Faye is confident for me, right? Yeah. But it's the fact that we all went through the same struggle. We didn't know or we didn't allow ourselves to know anyone until the end. I was just about to say, I would have never guessed that you were shy or lonely exactly. from where we I never, we never, I would have never guessed it. And I think a lot of people, if you are listening to this right now, you might be one of them that, you, you know, you put that persona on, that you go outside and pretend everything is all right, but deep down you're lonely. That's, you know, you have to allow yourself to be more open. You have to, you have to go out there. Because um, there's a fear that uh, if I show this person the side of me, if I show this person that I'm vulnerable and I'm weak and is seen as weak, Oh, what are they going to do with that information? More times, more times, I guarantee you, this is a random stranger. Do you look at a random stranger vulnerable and go, let me exploit this random stranger? Look at yourself. Do you think that that's what you would do? No. More times, if you see somebody, you kind of talk to them every now and again, you see them, start to get close with them. Definitely. Don't pull up a facade. I can't lie. One thing that I did always do, I would fake it till I make it. Hmm. I did that a lot in a lot of my presentations, for example. I fake it till I make it with confidence. I wasn't confident, but now I generally am confident in a presentation. I, I had a presentation recently for my um, accounting and finance. Uh, we had a presentation. I generally have never been so confident to the point where I didn't even pull up a conclusion slide because I gave the conclusion myself. I didn't That's pull up. I, like I was see. like, questions directed towards me. The group members, you don't, don't even say yeah. nothing. I got you. Like, I, I've never been that confident. I'd say fake it till I... That's why I say know yourself. Fake it till I make it works for me. See if it will work for you. See if you acting in a certain way can get you those friends to the point where if you're comfortable now, you can drop that act. Mm. You can then open up to them. I you know it is. Confidence is not a thing that, you know, you go, oh, I'm going to try to be confident. It doesn't come straight away. No, it's a process. No, like, day by day, you have to work on it. Do you get me? Like, don't, don't think, oh, I'm confident now, but nothing's happening. Nah, it don't work like that. It takes time. It takes days 100%. to master. I can't lie. Definitely. 100%. And uh, like I said, that's why Fake It Till I Make It works for me. I I just thought if I act in a certain way when I see you and when I see you show that I'm not shy, hopefully that will draw you out. Because mm. if I'm shy and you're shy, we might not click, we might not talk. But I think, like Faye said, it does take confidence, it does take courage to grow up to who you really are. Mm. You know, as you said, you know, you fake it till you make it, but you, you there is a person, you know, me looking in from one year now, I would never have expected the person I am today. I would never have gone through the experiences. I never would have thought who I am today. Let's say 10 years ago, you know? 100. But, but that person exists now, right? And mm -hmm. we have to work with that. And who knows where we'll, we'll be today? Who knows where we'll be one year from today? Growing isn't about leaving everything behind. It's of course about not. working off it and uh, bouncing off it. Because um, for me to say that I'm grown up, 
means for me to literally work off of the past, like to grow off of the past. If there's been something that's happened in the past and I don't address it, yeah, that will eat away at you. Definitely. And progress is halted regardless of how well you get confidence and how good of a persona you have. Because if unless the past is dealt with, you cannot go into. But the but never forget the past is also the past. But never forget that every day is a lesson, right? Never regret any day in your life, right? Yeah. Good days give happiness, but bad days also give you the lessons. They give you experiences. Worst days give you lessons, and from them lessons you become, you grow, you be a better person. One hundred percent. Literally, that's exactly what I mean. So there's certain people that I feel like they won't be able to progress because the things of the past kept, uh, kept definitely. Them back. So for me, right? I say this all the time, but. For me, I was taught, my dad taught me, don't come to the table unless you have a solution. So Definitely. don't add to our problems. Don't come to us giving us a problem. Come give us a solution. And I've, that's exactly what my dad has taught me. And that goes to say, when you have a problem, when Faye has a problem, when anybody has a problem, I'll try to give you a solution. That's what I've been raised to do. Like, that's Definitely. what my dad has taught me. But that goes for myself as well. If I've got things that I'm going through, why keep saying, oh, but you've got this as well? and that problem, and this problem, and you missed that lecture, and this one, and that one, and now you're all behind. What, what have you done but add to the problems for yourself as well? Unless you're giving yourself a solution, you haven't done anything, you just added to it. Yeah, there's there's something that we should always be grateful for, you know? Every every opportunity, everyone we meet, is a new, it's a new opportunity in life, you know? If How someone comes along, you know, you never know what, the, the 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 two sides literally fear is the only thing that keeps you from progressing to the other side you know anyone can be anything anyone can do anything you just gotta not allow fear to take control you have to allow yourself to take control 100% like um, when you're fearful of anything it's just with you it's definitely just, I remember H said something not too long ago it's the only battle that matters the only fight that matters is you now and the person that you're becoming you're becoming definitely uh, that's beautiful because that is the only, the only fight that matters. Are you generally fearful of going to speak to that brother? Are you fearful of connecting with the people that you know in this friend group that could bring you benefit? Does it take you outside your confidence zone? Does it feel unnatural? Does it feel forced? These are all, like, for example, at one point, if you go look on my Twitter till this very day, I have a pinned tweet, and the pinned tweet is not my most liked, it's not my most retweeted. It's simply something of what we say during our salahs with transliterations, yep. the Arabic, and the translation. I believe the Arabic, if yeah. not. Yeah. Um, but regardless, the main purpose of that, I literally thought that day, I'm not going to upload this because it seems quite silly. It seems like everybody would know this. Of course they'd know this. And I just clocked there and then, like, if it's something good and it brings no, like, no harm but benefit, yeah. that thought is only from shaitan to keep me back and not do this because it only brings benefit. So I uploaded it. And subhanAllah, like, whoever has looked at that, regardless of the retweets and stuff, because I don't really, I don't know how you can see the impressions or whatever, mm. but regardless of the retweets and the likes, the amount of people that benefits is beyond my comprehension. Definitely. One person's salah that benefits, if you remember the butterfly effect, if this person grows up and has now got the perfect salah, inshallah he perfects his salah, and then he teaches his kids to perfect his salah, and his kids and kids and kids and kids, and if that is 10 people, and 20 people, and 30 people, 40 people, 50 people, 100 people that has reached, yeah. and they act it's upon surprising. it, yeah. subhanAllah, the, the reward for you, for everyone that did it. But I think, going back to the main topic of mental health, um, you know, we talked about depression, we talked about all of that, but you have to understand, you know, it can come from anywhere. Um, you know, so I, I recently tweeted something um, that got a bit of traction, it was about spots, right? Yeah. Um, I'm someone who's suffered with acne for a long time, I still do to this day, um, and, you know, I would lie if I say, oh, I don't care about it because we all do. We all care about what we look like. You know, mm. you have them people that look amazing and you have them people that don't. That so comparison it, the, the comparison we, we allow ourselves to have with other people is detrimental to our own health, right? You have to know, you have to look in that mirror and say, I am my own person. I am beautiful, right? And it's not easy to say that. It never is. Of course it's not. But I think the way we, the way we use Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, everything, we see beautiful people around us and we, we, we forget that this isn't what they actually look like, right? Everyone suffers their own problems every single day. And I think the way in which we were harsh to a lot of people saying, oh, you're a catfish, you're X, Y, and Z, we have to also understand that, you know, they're human too. They have their own emotions. Um, you know, I remember last year, Molly May, she, she you know, from oh, Love yeah. Island, yeah. Um, you, know, you know, people were taking the mick out of her chin, her body. Um, and the thing is, you know, 
people care about this kind of stuff, that, you know, the people reading it, it doesn't matter if you're famous, it doesn't matter if you're not, right? We all care about what we look like, what we, what the public... Especially in this society, especially in this day and age where others' opinions and gratitude... There are, exactly. And the three, there is, um, I read a quote once, there's like three personalities we have. The first one is the person we show to um, um, our friends. The yeah. second one is the ones we show to our family. And the third one is the one we show to ourselves. Mm. And I think that's very important because the person who I am deep down is probably not the same person I show to everyone else, right? Because maybe I'm more you know, harsh, maybe I'm more kind, maybe. But it doesn't matter because they're completely different people. But I think we have to understand, we have to be kind, always be kind. And the thing is, in life, you know, not a lot of things are certain, but one thing is certain, and that is every single one of us that walks this earth right now, over 8 billion people, we are all going to die one day. So I think, um, I think the fact that we are mortal, our mortality shouldn't stare us, it should allow us, it should allow us to live more. And the beauty of that is, is to know that our days are numbered, to know that one day we will all die. So we should take every day for the day it is. We should learn to love um, tell your friends that you love them tell your family that you love them if you haven't talked to your mom tell her that you love her you know because I, w- I could die tomorrow I could die after recording this podcast and you, for what you know I had a life that I wanted but guess what I died you know a lot of us we we have dreams but we forget often that you know, life can switch up on us at any moment. Mm. And we have to understand that every single day, especially if you're a Muslim, like, you know, me, Faye, Nabad, you know, our five daily prayers, you know, it's the most important thing. 100%. Uh, yeah. Um, you've highlighted a lot of points, inshallah. Um, I just want to go into two of them. You said one of them, first of all, being your actions. Um, I feel like, especially, I deleted, by the way, my only Instagram that I use really is the Mind of a Minority one. Yeah. Um, alhamdulillah, like I stopped really long ago at looking at what I thought of others and what I saw as beauty and what I thought as normal. Because what my what Instagram does is it kind of molds your impressions and the definitions of these people to this certain structure, this certain nose and this certain eyes and you know a clear skin and everything else that's seen as beauty. Because it is really subjective what beauty is like. What I find beautiful is completely different to what you find beautiful. Definitely. And you, we've all had pictures that are banned. Like, we look peg. And we upload every game like, oh. And imagine you constantly upload only these pictures. Hundreds. What's everyone going to think? This guy constantly looks like this all the time. Definitely. Because that's what they see. Because that's what they but see. little do you but know. But it's like who you really are. There's like 20, 30, 40, 50, probably even 100 other pictures that were deleted before that one picture was uploaded. Of course. It's not to bring others down, but it's to realize that it's normal on the days that you feel ugly, to it's okay. Because that's just, like, you're not ugly. You feel like you're ugly, but you're not ugly. You're the same person that looks beautiful on the days that, that you're picking No, it's amazing you bring that up, actually. I remember I, I tend to take pictures of my face um, just for my own memories, and I look back on it every few months. And when I thought I was ugly, you know, I was normal. I wasn't that bad. <laughs> and for me to think today, oh, I look bad, you know, one month from now, maybe he'll see someone normal and I think we have to understand that you know not everyone cares about everyone is so busy caring about themselves that people fail mm. to look at you in the way you think they look at you 100%. Mm. so what I wanted to say was so going off of Imran's point he said in a day anything can change you can die anything yep. right so it was because of that that I decided to take my shahada so I was looking to Islam for Let's say four or five years. And I was like, mm, am I going to take my shahada now? No, because I can't tell my parents. Oh, because I know I'm going to sin, etc., yeah. etc. Et so I delayed and delayed and delayed it. Until one day I met a brother. Uh, fun fact, he came to my school. And we met up for a meal. And he told me, bro, you might not even wake up in your sleep yeah. tomorrow. And that hit me really hard. What if I actually don't wake up from my sleep? Because there's been a lot of stories where people perfectly healthy and out of nowhere, they just, they pass away. Definitely. And I think, one, that was definitely one of the reasons why I decided to take my shahada immediately. Yeah. Um, another point was, so one thing I really like to do is 
when I see a homeless person, I don't just give them money. I like to sit down with them and talk, talk with them. them. Yeah. So one day I was going back to London and then on the train station, I met this homeless guy. And I sat down with him, gave him money, and we had a little talk. Um, his story was, his life was going very well. Two, uh, a daughter, a son, uh, perfectly married. And then one day his daughter passed away. Literally, that one day, now he's homeless. Like, do you get me? Everything was so perfect, he thought, yeah, my life is going to be a smooth sailing. In that one day, literally one day, he's homeless. It's very crazy. Very, very crazy. Yeah. Life is so unpredictable, honestly. Yeah. It's like you said, both of your points tie in so beautifully together because the point they just made, stand on a busy road, Oxford Street for example, mm. go stand there, wear the most ridiculous outfit as well if you want. Yep. And see how many stares you get. See how many how many times you'll come up on people's mind. Okay, let's say let's say they look at you at that one point in time. Let's say every single head turns. Oxford Street this is, London Oxford Street, how busy it is. Let's say every single head turns and looks at you. Yeah. Do you really think they're going to be replaying that one no. moment yeah. over their life? Or has everybody got a life to go and, mm. like, you know, care about? Like, right now, I can't, I, I don't remember the person I walked by, by an hour ago, two hours ago, two hours ago, yesterday. But the same memory that, oh, you did this, you stacked this one exactly. time. Or you kind of didn't say the right word. The waiter goes, enjoy your food, and you go... You too. You too, yeah. That moment plays on your head, like, but for, for them, years. They probably won't they... even remember your no. face or what you said. How many times have you seen uh, a waiter, like, you go back and you recognise the waiter, but the rec- waiter doesn't recognise you? No, I think that's funny you say that. Um, I remember back in year six, so a long time ago now, wow, um, ten years ago, oh. one of my, um, you know, we had obviously our main teacher and the assistant teacher. And the assistant teacher, I, f- I, I had a feeling she never really liked me. I, I, as, a, as a child, I was really like, hyper. Um, but yeah, um, I remember, fast forward seven, eight years. Um, no, no, not seven, eight years. Let's say I was first year of college, so six years. Yeah, six, seven years. Um, and I was at River Island. I worked at River Island. And I remember she came. I, I, I instantly remembered her face. But she didn't even recognize me. And I, and I found that amazing. I found that, you know, people come and go, especially in our lives. Like someone I'm close to today, they probably won't even know me in 10 years. Obviously, it's best to, you know, hope for the best, but sometimes the worst can happen. Mm. Uh, it's like it's like I, I knew someone, um, what was it, a few months ago. You know, I don't even talk to them anymore. And I think that happens often. And it, part of life is knowing that people will come and go. But we have to understand that, you know, it's how they think of you, how they, all of that is, it doesn't matter. Especially like, oh, I don't know what I look like. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm walking through Oxford Circus. What do people think of me? And they don't care. They don't care. No one cares about what you look like. Mm-hmm. And especially if we're bringing religion into it. Allah won't look at your face, your thinking. When we die, give it one month, you won't have anything. Even your teeth will be gone, you know? So Allah looks like you're so lonely. If you have a good soul, every sin you do, it blackens your soul. Yeah. But never f- never forget that, you know, God, God forgives and he forgives a lot. So never forget that even if you sin, Allah says that sin as much as you want, even if it was to reach the heavens, call upon me and I'll come back to you. Be sincere in your repentance. And that repentance is so, so valuable, so important. It's Do as much as you want. But give, give us a sincere repentance and you're forgiven. SubhanAllah, that's the mercy. And um, I'd say, yeah, like a big, big, a beautiful reminder to always keep in your mind is live this life as a stranger. Because Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to live this life as a stranger because you, you don't build a bridge, you don't build a house on a bridge. You know? Like, I don't know if you guys have heard that saying. You don't build a house on a bridge. Because if you do, like, Nobody builds a house on a bridge. Definitely. It's a passing. A bridge is just a crossing. You don't settle there. Live this life as a stranger and reap the rewards in the hereafter. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to talk on was, so you said, the Oxford Street example. Mm. Anyone walks by you, they don't care what your image is. Like, they'll forget you. For example, um, you lost know about the lesser chairman that passed, yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah. that in a helic- helicopter crash. Helicopter crash. And the people that supported the club like they love the guy a lot like 
they were, they cherished him not because of the money not because he's a lesser chairman but because what he's done for them as a community exactly. he was giving them free stuff giving them free everything so when you die they're not going to remember you for what you look like they're not going to remember you for it's what, the actions what you do. money you make exactly the thing you the legacy you leave on is how you are as a person yeah. that's how you'll be remembered there's literally um, an Arabic um, saying um, it says it means actions are according to your intentions literally whatever you intend you know you have to back it up with actions you know that's why a lot of people say actions speak louder than words of course they do you can tell someone you love them you can tell someone I want to be with you for the rest of your life if you don't show them if you don't if you don't show this your words are meaningless your words are just that words because a lot of people use words a lot of the time like you know they, people promise a lot of things but can you honestly go out your way and show it in action that's, that's where it matters and it's about what have you done what have you done for people how have you impacted people that people will remember you know other than that there is nothing for them you could be the most beautiful Mimala Monroe the most beautiful woman apparently yeah nobody knows of this person unless you generally go out of your way to like you know try to think of like oh who is this woman the other pop star back in that but, time? but even that let's talk about Kobe Bryant you know he passed away literally yeah. like a week ago so you know sad. it's sad to a lot of people because he was an icon but literally one week on, you know, it's one of them things. It happened yeah. and it passed. And I think that's something we need to understand. Every every single one of us, anyone listening to this podcast right now, one day all of us are going to die. And, that's, and it. that's it. No one is going to... They say you die twice. First is when you actually die. Second is when the last person says your name, right? So imagine, imagine one day we're just... No one is going to be there to remember us. So who, who, who will look after you? Who will save you? Your own actions will. What we work for so hard in this life, at the end of the day, when you work so hard, to, that's why it's such a dangerous world for a hypocrite. But a hypocrite will thrive in this environment, will thrive in this world. But at the end of the day, you've done it for people. Just deeper that once you've done, once this is gone and done and dusted and you're in the grave, give it a month or two and you're gone. That's it. No word. Nobody will speak of you. The people that you work so hard to please 24-7 in your dress suit, the way that you dress, the way that you look, uh, the way that you spend for somebody just so that they could say, oh, this guy is so kind. For the, the validation of these people that you seek, give it a week while still alive and don't forget about it, let alone when you die. You know? Um, but yeah, I think with that, have we covered the majority of the points for today's podcast? Yes, yeah. I think, yeah, we have. I think it's been a very insightful talk. I really, I really enjoyed this one. It's a really nice one. The first one officially with a guest. Oh, how, how my did I do? Days. How did I do? Don't kill, wait, don't kill me, but. Oh uh, my god, if you. If it you did not record. Okay, you have to I'm press the red button, right? I'm jumping him. I'm jumping him. Say what oh you? my. Nah, I'm joking. Bro, I would have watched that. I'd never <laughs> come back. Everything we said about companionship. Forget, get done, done. <laughs> you are no longer a companion. <laughs> See, this is why I was closed off. You hear me? <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, but yeah, it's been. You've done really well. Yeah. Really well. Thank you. Beautiful. I appreciate it. That's what we like to see. Yeah. But yeah, with that, guys, thank you very much for. Guys and girls, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. Um, I hope you have found it insightful and you have enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, if you have any more like suggestions, please feel free to you know message um, uh, Nabad, Faye, yeah, H. We have anyone. our Instagram, mind underscore uh, of, of underscore a underscore minorities. Yep. So DM us there, inshallah. Follow. And, uh, we yep. will um, yeah follow DM and we will inshallah take any feedbacks, any recommendations. We will take that on board. And inshallah, we'll see you on the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum. Beautiful.